This podcast contains strong language and adult themes. If this isn't for you, I suggest you press stop now. This podcast does not include any insightful information that may help you succeed in the Euros fantasy game. If you're looking for insightful information, go to the Happy Hour podcast. Me and Angus are just basically here making dicks out of ourselves. So let's get in to some fantasy Euro. It's the Euros Fantasy Podcast. Do 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 do. The Euros Fantasy Podcast. Do 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 do. Hello, everybody. We are back. It's not for the championship. This is the Euros Fantasy Podcast, where you will gain no knowledge whatsoever. <laughs> But you can laugh at us too terrible at this game. Um, during this mini series, Angus is going to be joining me every single week, and we're going to have a guest every week. So, first, Angus, how are you? Uh, good, thanks. Um, ready and raring to go for the Euros. Uh, got my Scotland shirt on, which you've already been disgusted at. So, yes, all, all good to go. Indeed, and our first guest for the series. Uh, somebody who you should be following. They are doing a podcast for every single team leading up to the start, and then they're going to be recording throughout the tournament as well. Um, so if you're not following the Happy Hour podcast, go and do that now. And um, we're delighted to be joined by Rob. And it's FPL Panda, isn't it, Rob? Yep, that's right. <laughs> yeah, you got that right. You could have asked, yeah, me, asked me before we started recording. Just double-checked. <laughs> This is me. I'm awkward. I, I think I'm open on the spot. That's why all my intros are so awkward because I didn't know what to say. Um, but yeah, what an intro that is for you, there, Rob. Yeah, cheers. Good to be here. Um, yeah, it's been a hectic couple of weeks so far, so it's actually quite nice to come and let someone else do the hard work, and I can enjoy being a guest. Maybe doing the hard work. Wait, <laughs> Angus, are you going to do the work? Because it's definitely not going to be me. <laughs> So for the listeners, listeners, we had technical difficulties. Um, We got cut off. I can't remember all last said, so I can't edit it in. So we're just going to go from here. I do apologise, professionals (laughs) ever. So what are we going to do today? Rob, you're coming on, aren't you, to give us a beginner's guide to Euro fantasy? So... Mm. Me and Angus said that we were going to do no research on the game. We weren't even going to go on it. Like we didn't know prices, anything. Angus has already cheated and listened to some of Rob's podcasts <laughs> to try and get an advantage over me where I've kept my word. So I am literally a beginner to this game. So I'm going to ask the stupid questions that you don't ask, what Rob's going to kindly go through. All the beginner's tips really, isn't it, Rob, for us? Yeah, well, we'll try. We'll try and get the right answers um, for you, and not give Angus even more of an advantage because he's probably <laughs> studied the rules um, and done all the research he needs. He says um, no, but I know that's a lie. I know he's been on. <laughs> um, I'll be honest; I wasn't that bothered. I knew I wasn't going to win this game, and I was going to just have a laugh about. But before we recorded, Robin Angus informed me the price of winning is a year's. Is it membership with Just Eat? So you get £40 every week with Just Eat? Yeah, it's like a year's worth of takeaway. For so you are going to the value of 40 smash quid. this game. I am going <laughs> to obliterate everybody for this Just Eat voucher every week. So I warn you. So we'll go then. We'll get straight into it, into the rules. Um, I'm going to take a bit of a back seat um, so I don't annoy everybody. Um, Rob's going to go through like most of the beginners things like you know um transfers captains that stuff angus is going to ask the intelligent questions and then anything i'm unsure about i'll pop up so who wants to take it away angus rob i'll go um yeah uh so yeah it's, it's, we all play fpl um or gaffer um so it's very very similar um two goalkeepers five defenders, five infielders, three forwards um, as your standard um, with um, a minimum of three defenders having to be on the pitch. Um, It's, yeah, you get, uh, 
two um, two free transfers every match day, um, and each match day is covers um, like the first round of games. Then the second match day is the second round of games. Third match day is the third round of games. Um, so you get two free transfers between each one. Um, but we'll probably come back to the transfers um, during the group stage, especially when we get around to talking about the chips. Um, one of the interesting things about this game is for those that may have played the Champions League game, um, you might be familiar with the fact that um, after each match day is finished, you are welcome to substitute players out um, for another player that's on your bench. So, for example, I might have Cristiano Ronaldo sitting on my bench at the start because Portugal don't play till match uh, till the last day of match day one, and I might have someone else sitting. I might have Chiro Immobile. Um, in my starting lineup because he plays on the first day of match day one. Now, if he blanks against Turkey, I could then sub him out for Ronaldo um, at some point between those match days, um, as long as it's done before the deadline, um, which is kickoff of the first game of that of that day. Um, so that works quite well, but it also means, unlike um other games um you probably would have an advantage of having um a bench that's got players that are actually playing on it rather than um having like two or three players that are just bench fodder um there's there's that backup that you've got if yeah if someone does blank um or even scores minus points um you can ship them out um for someone else um this also works on the captain um, on each match day. So um, we we'll use the Churro Mobile example again. He's, you captain him on the first night. Um, if he then blanks, you can move your captain on to someone playing the next day. Um, and then if they blank, then you can move it again onto the next day. Um, so if you're not happy with your captain score from the first day, you can just move it on to the next day. So it's actually quite uh, a good idea to maybe try and at least have one player playing each day of the match day or game week. We'll call it game week to make more sense. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we may have seen a lot of drafts kicking about with um, one or two or three Italy players um, or a couple of Turkey players. And they'll most of them will have their captain sitting on... Um, one of that, those players, despite other teams maybe having a stronger fixture later on in the week, it's just in case if someone goes off on that first night and bangs a hat trick, you you're going to regret not having that captain. Um, so you can you can almost have a free stab at um, a captain for a couple of days, um, especially in the first first match uh, game week where um, yeah you've got Portugal versus Hungary and. I think Ronaldo is going to be a lot of people's targets. Um, and you've got um, the day before that, you've got Belgium versus Russia. Someone like Lukaku, um, De Bruyne, if his face is okay by then. Um, I think it's a bit 50-50 at the moment. But they could be another captain option before that. Um, so you can just work your way through the week. Um, and there's, there's no real pressure unless all the way through your captain blanks. And then you're having to rely on that last one, um, because yeah, it's. I think it's a, it's it's nice, and it leads to higher scores. And I think everyone enjoys games more when they're scoring a lot of points, um, which we found from the Champions League games this season. I have a question, and I probably should know the answer to this because I I did play Champions League a little bit. But for example, Turkey v Italy is on. The Friday, it's the only game on the Friday. So let's say I have a mobile as captain. Can you change that captain every single day? So Saturday the 12th for someone, then the Sunday if you wanted to, all the way through to the end of match day one? Yes, you can. Right, okay, um, so that's the Tuesday. That makes sense. And also, 
once deadline comes, so I'm guessing deadline for match day one is the Friday at eight o'clock kickoff for that first game. Yep. So you can yep, make so you... substitutions and captain changes during that, but you can't make transfers, can you then? No, so well for this one you will be able to. So you could wait, um, see the lineups for t- Turkey v Italy. Yeah. And you can sit there and wait and see if someone that's maybe on the fringe of the Italy side, maybe Chiesa, like there's um, a lot of people think he'll start, but there's a chance he doesn't start. But he seems to be in a lot of people's squads because of his price. Um, you can sit there and literally wait to see whether he starts and then you can finally get your team locked in, get your captain locked in um, and do all of that. But then, yeah, you won't be able to make any transfers. You can make subs right, the next day. Um, but then, yeah, between uh, match day one or game week one and two, you'll still you'll have that. It'll be a two two p.m. kickoff, so you'll have the lineups um, before three o'clock. I think they're about. I think they're an hour and a quarter in UEFA competitions. Um, the lineups get released, um, and so you'll have uh, yeah seventy five minutes potentially between the lineup coming out and uh, being able to pick your team. And it kind of gives you that, with those first fixtures, gives you kind of a guaranteed stab at a captain. Um, if you want to sort of guarantee one player to be playing um, like one of your premiums. Uh, so, yeah, it's, that's more helpful than like FPL, where it turned from a, an hour before the deadline to the deadline being an hour and a half and not being able to get these lineups. Um, but it, yeah, it means as long as you stay, like keep it, pay, if you pay attention and generally, like I think we're, we're the type of people that would probably try and watch as many of the games as possible through the tournament. And so if you're sitting there on your lunch break from work <laughs> and uh, the team sheets come out, um, for the 2 p.m. kickoffs, um, yeah, it's you're not gonna like miss it where you might miss it with um, yeah, with the Champions League when they you had some weird kickoff times at some stages of the season. So one other thing on that, then let's use the example of um, Turkey Italy on the Friday. That's done. I've had a captain in that. Then it comes to the the next day, Saturday, which is Wales Switzerland as the first game. Denmark, Finland, and then Belgium, Russia, the last game of the day. Is the deadline for that day before the Wales game and not again before the other two? So if I wanted to captain Lukaku, let's say, I need to do that before the Wales-Switzerland game. Yep. So you'd have to, any, any changes to your squad at all, have to be locked in before the kickoff of the first game on that day. Um, So... Yeah, then if you're waiting to hear on injury news for someone, and in this case, De Bruyne, um, we probably won't hear whether he starts or not until the lineup comes out. And so it might not actually be worth having someone like that in your team um, because A, he's a shitload of money um, to be taking the risk on, um, and B, you potentially got seven or eight hours um, from when you've got to lock your team in to when the lineup's going to come out. Um, so, yeah, it's you're going to get the safer picks from the early kickoffs. Um, but I think the general, from looking at the fixtures, a lot of the big premium players tend to play in the evening kickoffs um, through the tournament. Um, I don't know whether that was planned or not. Um, but, yeah, all of the huge games tend to be eight o'clock kickoffs through uh, through the group stage. So I've got ideas running from my head now because obviously you're going to want, you know, your Belgian players, you know, the big names like Christian Benteke, people like that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> do you think it's, I know it's not going to be the most favoured option and probably not all, but do you think there's an option to play safe by captaining? someone in the early game every time, for example, a Welsh or a Swiss player? Or do you... Is that too I think risky? That's, it's, that's a good example, I think, um, because 
I actually fancy um, Switzerland to do well in that game. And my current draft has three um, Swiss players in it. Um, I don't fancy Wales that much. Um, but yeah, you could potentially um, look at Switzerland and uh, the fact that, uh, I'm not going to say his first name, Shakiri um, plays as like a number 10 and is like the main man for them, takes free kicks, penalties, everything. Um, and yeah, he could be like the man that you'd go, right, I might captain him because if if Switzerland score, he's going to be involved. Um, but it would be a huge gamble over yeah, Romelu Lukaku, uh, Benteke. Christian Benteke, <laughs> <laughs> um, or Kevin De Bruyne if he played, um, like if it was confirmed the night before that he'd be playing. Um, yeah, I think you're getting your safe pick. I think it's it's very much like uh, Sky Fantasy. Like you're getting that safe pick from the early kickoff. Yeah. But anything you want to ask on that, Angus, before we move on from um, that part? Yeah, so I just wanted to double check, obviously, because I, I did play the, the Champions League game, but I assume with the substitutions, it works the same that if you sub someone out, like you lose their points. It doesn't just yeah. sort of keep rolling. Like <laughs> so, so like you say, with the minus points, it can be a way of losing that, but that that you would then sort of still lose their points. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, you you are going to be taking that gamble. Um, I think if it's a if it's a one pointer or a two pointer, it's worth the gamble. But yeah, if they've got an assist, probably isn't. Like if they've got five points um, in the bag, um, it's probably not. But there might be some players like you might have a player sitting on your bench and you might think, Oh, is he going to, uh, am I going to get, is that going to get outscored? Um, that five pointer by Ronaldo sitting on my bench, probably. So you might end up having to ditch a player. Um, I think it, yeah, it can get, it can get tricky. Um, but I mean, this type of the format of the whole tournament leads to the group stages being very um, edgy. Um, and I can't actually envision it being like a goal fest um, because of yeah the fact that the third place teams, six of, well, four out of the six third place teams go through as well. So you get teams trying to keep their goal difference down so they don't attack games as much. Um, but then the, the third round of games can be quite exciting with those teams that are involved in that. Um, and they could be the teams that you want to target for um, banging in some goals because they'll be going all out attack to try and get a better goal difference than someone else on the same points as them in another group. So yeah, it's interesting when you think about it that way. What happens if, for example, I've played my Italy player I've then subbed them out because they blanked, let's say, for a Belgian player on the Saturday. So that Italian player is now sitting on my bench. And then on the Sunday, who's playing at eight, Holland are playing at eight. No, let's use the early one. England, they the early kickoff. I find out Harry Kane's bench for whatever reason. Can I bring that Italian player back in for Kane because Kane hasn't played? No, so no. once you've subbed a player out, that's they it. stay on the bench. Yeah, there's no rolling subs in this. No. Um, so yeah, they. So yeah, if you if you're subbing someone out, you got to um, they, they, that's it. They're gone uh, for the rest of the game week, and yeah, you'll lose their points. Um, so yeah, the it's just be it makes it even more important. And that example was probably perfect. Don't make the transfer until you see the lineup, um, yeah. because you. For that example, you'd have seen Harry Kane for some weird reasons benched, but we've seen Gareth Southgate do some weird things. <laughs> and <laughs> um, and um, yeah, you you just go okay. I'll um, I'll just stick stick with him overlay then. Um, right, that makes sense. Uh, I played Bundesliga fancy last year, so it says it says quite tricky because I used to basically you could have a star man on each position, hmm. which is basically a captain. And everyone had Haaland and Lewandowski in the team. So whoever played first, you'd obviously put it on them. But then you get that dilemma, let's say Haaland scored two 
do you take it off him thinking Lewandowski's going to score three because he could easily do that, or do you play safe? So, is is what as much as it can benefit you, it can really go against you as well, can't it? Yeah. So yeah, I think if yeah if a player scored a brace, I think you're going to keep the captaincy on them. Um, because you're then asking someone else to score a hat-trick or get two and an assist. Um, if a player's only scored one, um, I I think that's when you've got a problem. I think, yeah, if you're, you're sitting there, um, yeah, with a player that's got six or seven points um, and you've got the captaincy on him, it will be, yeah, the, the decision of do I gamble on who I picked originally? Or do I stick with stick or twist, basically? Yeah. Um, on it, and um, it makes it a bit more interesting. Um, those that played the Champions League game, there was several times um, during the knockout stages where you had a player, big captaincy option, um, perform but not perform great um, in the like the first match day, and then you had another big captaincy option in the next one. And you'd sit there for hours just trying to like decide because it's like a coin flip. Um, and then most of the time I'd get it wrong. So, yeah. <laughs> um, but it makes it, I think it makes it more fun. It keeps, it means that if you're, if you're active as a manager and you're paying a little bit of attention each day to it, um, you should score better. Um, and if you're in a work mini league or anything like that, um, with a bit of money on the line is the likeliness is there'll only be like two or three people out of 10, 15 in your work mini league that will be doing it every single day. Um, so yeah, it, it can uh, quickly boost you up the rankings. Um, yeah, especially if you get off to a slow start. Right. Angus, have you got any more questions regarding the captains during the match days? I don't think so, no. I think that's answered all my questions on it. What about transfers, Rob? So, I mean, during like the whole tournament, uh, how you said we get two per match day and then it goes unlimited then for the round of 16. Is that right? Yeah. So, for the with your transfers, you get two per match day during the group stage um, and then you get an unlimited, so a wild card um, before the round of 16. And then... Before the quarterfinals, you get three free transfers. Before the semifinals, you get five free transfers. And before the final, you get five free transfers. Um, so it makes it fairly easy to like navigate your way through as long as you're not stupid with your picks. Um, maybe not over-gamble on um, a fixture that's like a 50-50 in your head. Um, and maybe go for, say... If, you had the choice between um, England versus Portugal or France versus Macedonia. Um, you'd probably try and triple up on three French players and maybe just pick one or maybe two at a squeeze, um, each from England and Portugal, uh, just to then cover you in the next round. Um, if you get that yeah. wrong, you're, you're basically fucked, aren't you? If you've uh, yeah, if, gone on teams that have been eliminated and you've only got three transfers for the quarters, you could be screwed. Then, you? Yeah, then it's either going to cost you points um, to get you up to like 11. Yeah. Um, or, yeah, you're just going to be sitting there with six or seven players. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, I think it also that makes it even more important. Um, especially after the group stage, to have 15 playing players because then you've got that backup of like those four players on the bench that yeah, if someone that you weren't expecting goes out, then you can go, right, I'll bench him this week and then I'll transfer him out in the next week and let's concentrate on getting as many winning players out in, in my team as possible uh, for that knockout stage. Yeah, you know that's just going to happen to me. I'm going to be left with nothing when I get to the quarters because <laughs> I'll, I'll see this as an opportunity to try and be clever and outdo everybody and just jump the rankings by having these players in who maybe aren't so popular with everybody playing. So 
Angus, your job throughout this tournament is to try and stop me doing something ridiculous like that. <laughs> um, he wants his takeaway. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Sabotage my just eat um, every Saturday. Um, uh, I can't yeah, wait to have a message I mean... about that prize. He's going to be sick. <laughs> He's probably going to sign up, honestly. Um, I mean, with with the transfers, I think it's probably a good um, good then thing to then move on to the trips involved um, because for this uh, this game, there is an extortionate amount of chips to use um, in the game, um, considering there's only actually um, what five, six, seven, or eight match days through the tournament, um, and then you've got uh, free chips to use um, through the tournament. One of them has to be used after the group stage, but you also get another wild card uh, to be used at any time. Um, so for those that haven't used, don't know what the wild card is, it's when um, you can change your whole team um, and you're limited to your 100 million budget, um, which increase should have mentioned that, increases to 105 million in the knockout stages as well. So obviously... Why is the player price rises? No, no. Uh, so all the players, but the because the player pool, players, yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, the player pool becomes more expensive basically. Um, and then, so on top of your wild card that you can use any time, and your wild card that's set for after the group stage, you've got um, a chip called Limitless, um, which is essentially for those that play FPL a free hit. Um, with the added bonus of no budget restrictions. Oh, nice. So you, you can literally, you could fill your team out with absolutely anyone you wanted. Um, it just, yeah, it give, it just gives you yeah that free hit at a game week, um, which you can use at any point. Um, most managers would go, oh, I'll just save that for the final. And just have a crack at that's that what I was fun. thinking. But you actually you'd probably get more gains using it um, during either the group stage, or I wouldn't recommend it for the uh, knockouts because you're going to be losing a ton of transfers. Um, like if you used it for the quarterfinals or semi-finals, you're going to be using losing four or five transfers there. Um, so you'd probably want to use it during the group stage, which gives you two weeks to use it, two game weeks to use it in because you've got match day one is, um, it's a wild card, isn't it? Yeah. You've got your unlimited transfers to match day one. So you've got match day two and three. Um, so yeah, there's lots of strategies going about um, on how to use um, your limitless chip and your wild card. Um, there's uh, most of them all operate around the limitless being used in match day two, um, just because it's the more vital game for everyone. So, a match day three tends to have lots of rotation. So, yeah, we could sit here for ages discussing the pros and cons of when to use these chips, but I'd advise using definitely using the limitless in that stage. You might want you might want to use the wild card um, in match day three, for example, if your team, if like your team's got seven or eight players where their team's qualified already for the next round, you might be in a bit of trouble with rotation. So you might want to use it then um, as like a free hit. Um, or you want to save it for after the round of 16 where um, yeah, you're going to be losing a large number of teams um, from the tournament. But if you used it in match day three when... Some teams already qualified, so like you said, there's going to be rotation. Isn't that going to hurt you more? Because obviously we don't know the rotation, but for the later games, you can't, you don't see the lineup, so hmm. that could yeah. that sting you more. It could sting you even more, um, but then I think you're playing that gamble either way, whether you stick or stick with your team or you use it. Um, so it's a yeah, it's an interesting one. It's just the, I've a lot of people. Um, this been like banded around like the Twitter community quite a lot. Um, it's essentially try maybe trying to play the group stages free free hits. Um, essentially, yeah. 
um, which will give you a huge head start um, against your mini league rivals or for you, Jamie, in the overall rankings. Um, you can see you get to the top of the table um, in the first couple of match days or, um, yeah, it could it, it could go horribly wrong. Um, but then it's most likely to go horribly wrong for people that haven't used it as well. Yeah, I don't just obviously I haven't looked at it or anything just from what you're saying I don't like that I think my idea would be limitless in match day two and then just risk the rotation because either way you've got risky whether you're using it or not mm. and then gamble on the round of 16 well not gamble have some but take a few risks in the round of 16 then use it for the quarterfinal so you set up through to the final, hopefully. That would be mine. What do you think, Angus? I am thinking at the moment about, like, particularly using the the limitless potentially in the game week three, mm. um, when you sort of have a better idea of who does or doesn't have something to play and actually possibly being able to attack it that way. And also potentially saving the wild card as a sort of almost backup, for example, particularly if I end up with a number of players in a sort of 50-50 game and the number of transfers I would have wouldn't cover the sort of the number I might end up without that having the wild card as sort of the back cup almost to be able to sort of cover that as well is something is that, that the quarters, I'd though? consider. The quarters. Yeah, sort of so yeah, so sort of after the after the last 16 where you know if you end up with a lot of people from let's say three or four of the games and you're gonna lose quite a few players having that back up. So you're thinking match day three for limitless? Yeah, that, I, that's my sort absolutely of initial over read rotation. On it, it I do. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I think my my thought with the limitless in match day three is the fact that you could do use it for match day two, um, and it's the it's the premiums, like the amount of premiums you can get in. And you could pretty much guarantee they're all going to be playing. Um, so you'd have like, um, yeah, you'd have some like crazy. I think that's when France play Hungary um, in that yeah. week. So you'd be going like full, full whack on France, wouldn't you? Like trying to get, um, well, it'd be you're kind of like inundated with riches um, to pick for that game. Um, but yeah, I know there's one certain. Um, PSG forward that will probably be in everyone's team um, for that game. Um, a, I, a PSG I, 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 forward, a Real Madrid forward. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, you, you're going to have teams that are just going to be Benzema, Mbappe, and one and someone else like Griezmann, Pogba, um, could be, well, a whole host of names. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's a. Uh, I just felt yeah, it'd be more useful then um, whilst in the match day three you'll you have this rotation and you'll have um, Germany play Hungary um, I think all, all of these fixtures it relates around someone playing Hungary in each <laughs> each week um, but you you also you don't want them these players for the other games in that group because it's such a tricky group um, and yeah like that game they might not have the the big names playing. They might have already qualified. Um, so you might not need that budget because you'd be able to pick some of their options that are a bit, bit cheaper um, to go with. And that would be the same elsewhere in the group, like uh, England, for example. Um, Touchwood, um, they go and beat Croatia, go and beat Scotland. They can stick out um, the second string. And um, yeah, you can have DCL um, as your captain option. Um, against the Czech Republic. Ne- never doing that again. <laughs> We've all learned that one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Do England play Scotland second in the group? Yeah. 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 Right. I'd rather it have been third so we could beat them with our second string sides. <laughs> it does give you the the added bonus of the limitless in game week two that you can load up on the England players. Yeah, I'll yeah. be triple against you, I will. 100%. <laughs> So that's more. Looking yeah. um, <laughs> through the rules now, I think the only thing that could possibly be different to like your gaffers and your FPLs is scoring. Um, 
Is there anything different in scoring? Um, the main things, I mean, a lot of people, and I've noticed this in the last couple of days, of, so the Champions League game, um, ball recovery, um, like winning a tackle is a point. So you had players like Kante, Casemiro, like racking up huge scores um, in the Champions League game because they were making like a billion tackles every game. Um, but that doesn't, that's not award, rewarded in this. So, like, you're holding midfielders, uh, they're thrown out of the game, basically. Uh, it's very much like FPL. Um, yeah, it's a very attacking-minded uh, format of fantasy. So, no um, Tommy then, Rob? Well, I think he's the, um, the he might be the, uh, what's the word, the, the difference, <laughs> uh, the exception to the rule. He is the Scottish Iniesta, so he um, also might be playing centre back. So yeah. there is that. <laughs> well, there is that, yeah. But <laughs> but he can, he can drift in from from the, on the edge of the area from centre half. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, what else? Uh, goals from outside the box um, is an extra point um, for scoring, which yeah it might might make you look at some of these players that do take lots of long range shots. Here John Mc- John McGinn is um is someone that does that. Um they have got to hit the target though in it for to beat the goalkeeper. <laughs> <laughs> um but like I mean in the England side there's you could probably rack off eight or nine players that shoot a lot from outside the box um, but it makes them all big options. Um Winning a penalty, so you don't get the assist um, for winning a penalty if you're fouled. Oh, but for okay. winning it, you get two points, no matter what, if it's scored or not. Um, which is something that I think they'll uh, at some point they'll bring that into FPL. Um, so you don't get three points for an assist; um, you just get a flat two points, no matter what the outcome of the penalty. Um, that's not if you. So if you, you win the penalty and then you take it. You don't get an extra two points. Ah, okay, okay. That makes um, so yeah, Harry, Harry Kane winning penalties. Yeah, he goes and wins a penalty, takes it, scores, and then like racks up a a huge tally just from the one goal. Oh, um, that's a shame. So there's that. Every three saves, you get the point. Um, saving a penalty um, is five points. Um, Part, and obviously this isn't including penalty shootouts um, so it's yeah you can't like go and hope for your goalkeeper to go through to a penalty shootout and then save three penalties and get you a haul and that's not going to happen um, other than that it's all pretty much the same as uh, FPL um, with the goal scoring um, weighted highly towards um Goalkeepers and defenders picking up six points and a forward only getting four points. Um, it's it's not much different. Do forwards get um, extra points taken off than for getting a yellow card in this? Yeah. So, yeah, yellow cards, minus one point. Oh, no, not an extra point compared to everyone else. Ah, gaffer. Like... Go, Sean, listen to that. <laughs> no shit rule. <laughs> About forwards getting fucking boot like Ivan Tony every week. <laughs> Take notes, Sean. That fucking so, goal drove me mad last season. I'd never noticed that in Gaffer. I'd never oh, noticed that. Ivan Tony all the time once he's Angus. Yeah. That drove me mad. So that covers basically everything for like the rules, don't it's on the fantasy side of it. Yeah, I think that's I think that's absolutely everything. Is there anything else? Um, I've got no questions regarding the fancy part of you, Angus. I don't think so. I'm just sort of looking. I don't think there's sort of anything else. If listeners, if you've got any questions regarding this, um, um, just go to Rob and ask him. He can answer that for you. <laughs> if you're too embarrassed, the question might be too stupid. Just come and ask me. I don't mind asking. Well, feel free. Feel free. If you're too embarrassed, just DM me. Yeah, just... um, and then I'll, I'll screenshot it and. Tweet it myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whatever you do, don't tell, don't ask me for advice on the game. Um, what we'll do then is we'll come away from the fantasy side of it now. Then we'll just have a little chat about the Euros itself. 
so now we're just going to have a little chat about the Euros itself. Um, I don't know if the audio will match up. Um, basically, I haven't got Zoom Pro because I don't pay for that. So to start a new <laughs> meeting. Um, so apologies again. Um, everyone's used to this with us anyway, aren't they, Angus and Gaffer? Yeah. Um, if you are new to the podcast, um, I do apologise, but this is probably what you should expect. Um, the Euros then. I'll start with you, actually, Angus. Don't be a dick and say Scotland's, but who do you think is going to win? <laughs> to win the whole tournament? I mean, I, I can tell you now, if Scotland win the Euros, you better not plan for me being on a pod for at least like a month. <laughs> um, no, I think the most likely team to win the Euros are France. I think they... I mean, to put it simply, I think they have the best team and we've seen from the World Cup that they know how to get it done. For all the flaws I think Deschamps has as a manager, he's got them set up in a way that clearly wins in tournament football. So that talent and sort of style to me sort of matches up to make them the most likely team to win it. Yeah, I can see why you say that. As a Scotland fan, what's a good tournament for for you? Is it just getting out of the group stages? It's, or it's, it's already happened. Bottom? It's already happened. Just getting there. Just being there. <laughs> um, I, to, to say good, I think not finishing bottom of the group, particularly because if you don't finish at bottom of the group, there's a decent chance that you'll be in the last 16. And if Scotland qualify for the last 16, that's a good tournament. Yeah, what about you, Rob? Who's your money on winning it? Um, I can't say France now. I've got to <laughs> say someone different. Um, I actually fancy Italy. Um, like this Italian side, like they've kind of gone under the radar a bit. Um, because there isn't like a Kylian Mbappe, there isn't a Cristiano Ronaldo, um, there isn't a like list of like six England players um, and there's no Kevin De Bruyne or anyone like that but they've got this solid foundation that we know from Italian football um, where they're very strong in defence but they've also got um, strong like a reasonably strong midfield and their like forward line is really good um, Immobile and Insigne um, are great players um, for them in their forward line, I've just, I've, I've just fancy them to go far, and if they can get themselves into, like we've seen, like Italian sides in the past, um, turn up with high hopes and disappoint, um, and this kind of remind this Italian side, it reminds me of the World Cup in '06, yeah. where it kind of turned up yeah. and. Um, there wasn't like the fanfare or anything around them. Everyone was talking about um, like the other big sides um, in the tournament. Um, like England, I think, went into the tournament as one of the favourites, um, like big favourites as well. And um, the Italian side, they kind of cruised their way through the tournament um, and then ended up winning the thing. Um, and it just kind of reminds me of that a bit. Um, so I wouldn't be... I don't think I'd be surprised if they won it. Um, I think it would, like, yeah, they'd if they if they got to the final, it would be there on merit, and yeah, they'd have played really well. Ah, the Italy shouts. They're a proper tournament team. That's how I see Italy all the time. I think if they get through to the semis, I'd put my money on them to do it if they get there. Mm. Um, it's just difficult because look at the strength of France's squad and. Germany, like, I'm not going to lie, I, I don't watch a lot of international football, but you catch the results and stuff, and Germany probably aren't as good as they were. Would that be fair to say? Yeah, I think... Tournament team. Like, if we talk about, like, the if you, like, tiered the, the teams, kind of, I think in that top tier, you've got um, the likes of France, Belgium, um, England, um, like... We we will laugh at it and we say that um, uh, people like we're like exceeding expectations or whatever, like, got our hopes too high. But 
like in the podcast that I've been recording, these people that were recording, a lot of them are saying that we they they expect us to go like a long way, if not all the way. And it makes me laugh. And I think you stupid. We never did like we're just gonna let everyone down. Um but apparently, yeah, we're at this top tier. And then the next one down, you've got yeah, the likes of um I think Italy are the top of that next tier, um, where they could potentially break through. Um, and then you've got yeah, Germany, Spain that are going through this like uh transitional period where they've lost a lot of like these players that have been around for a long time and um got these other players coming in. But then and then underneath that you've got these other teams that um are starting to break through with lots of big star like big stars that we might not have heard of from the Premier League, um, but in like the Bundesliga, in La Liga, um, and the other smaller leagues around Europe, they're starting to make waves. What about Portugal? You have, we haven't mentioned Portugal yet. I've seen a lot of people saying them because obviously, you know, Ruben Diaz has come over to Man City, so they've seen how good he is now. They've got a point like Bruno is obviously at United. Bernardo Silva at City is absolutely class. They have got um, a good side on paper. Do you fancy them at all? I think they'll go a long way. Um, for them, it's yeah. Where I think it's that group, that group of um, like the like all the big guns. Like you've got yeah, Portugal, France, Germany, and Hungary, and I think you've got. I think France would finish top of that group. Um, I think they'll be the one that goes unbeaten in that group. But Portugal and Germany, I think it depends which one finishes second, which one finishes third, to who will go the furthest in the tournament. Because I think they might come up against a slightly better squad than uh, these other, uh, like, than like the other routes up uh, towards the final. Um, I think yeah, the Portuguese—they're an interesting one. They're like a kind of a one to watch. I f- oh, I don't know because you can't write Germany off. I'd want to say France, Portugal mm. first and second, but you know what the Germans are like at tournaments—they're not going to mm. lie down, are they? So that'll be interesting. What about your outsider? Start you, Angus, not to go on and win it. I'll probably be a bit too unrealistic, more. You know, Croatia got to the World Cup final. Nobody expected that. Greece have won the Euros. Even Portugal weren't big favourites when they won it. It would be your outside shot to go far, maybe quarter. Um, so I actually went through and did the sort of pre- tournament predictor on the site as a sort of preliminary way to get an idea of looking at the tournament. And I actually had Turkey getting to the semi-finals. So that would be my pick. Uh, I, ha- I had them getting to, through to the semi-finals and losing to whichever one you want to say wins in terms of the way it sh- shook out for me of Portugal and England. Um, so I-, I would say Turkey. And Turkey are one of those teams that particularly every so often at a tournament, they'll turn up and sort of really sort of make a run and bloody some noses. And I feel like it's probably about time for that again with them. I've got something stuck in my head with Turkey. I was in Milan last January, went watch AC Milan, and I was standing outside, well, it's not an off-licence over there, but a shop, um, while I was waiting for my missus to come out, and this Turkish man was outside. Um, he was going to the game. He was a Fenerbahce fan, and he said to me, watch out for Turkey in the Euros. Obviously, he meant for last year before it got delayed, but I can't get that out of my head now. And... Mm. Since then, like through the qualifiers, I'll try and watch them. I watched them against Holland in the, I think it was the Nations League, not a qualifier. I'm not too sure. There's too many different kind of games going on now. But yeah, I'll be interested to see if they do well. What about you, Rob? It would be your um, outsider. I, 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 just like thinking to myself, can I pick anyone else other than um, Turkey? And I think they are the standout. Um, like one that, like if you looked at the bookies, they'd be like in the middle range of prices. Yeah, you'd probably find a nice price on them. Um, 
Yeah, they've got some. They've got so much. There's quality there, but a lot of it's unheard of quality because they play in Serie A or in in the Turkish league. Um, and yeah, if you like, if you look at the stats and the numbers behind some of their big players, you're like, oh, actually, this player is quite tasty and this player is quite good. Um, so yeah, they're really interesting. I think it helps with their group. Um, I think, yeah, they've got um, a Welsh side that isn't great. They, I mean, we all know a couple of players in that side that, um, you know, Ramsey and Bale, um, that are like quality, um, world-class players. But then there's not much else other than that, and it's very young. So they should be able to walk all over them, really. Um, and then Switzerland... Um, could be a tricky opponent, but then they should beat them on paper as well. Um, if they if they can yeah get themselves through the group in second, then yeah that pathway towards the you know, quarterfinal semifinals so should be relatively um, simple. Um, but yeah, they're another one of these teams that either turn up or they don't at a big tournament. Um, and it, but like you said. I think it was 2008 they made the semi-finals of the Euros. And then before that, it would have been 98 when they came third at the... Did they come third at the World Cup? Well, I, was I think 2002. 2002, yeah. When Rivaldo yeah. was holding his head once in the corner flag. Yeah, yeah. That. yeah, that was it. Did um, you play it with third, the, the last game of the group? No, first game. So oh, sorry. it's kind of... Oh, for, the first the game, ter- yeah. Now, for Turkey, it's more of like a little bit of a free swing um, in that yeah. first game. They can kind of use it as like there's no pressure on them. Let's just go out and see what happens. Um, try and nick a point. Try and nick a win. Um, if they do, then they're in control of the group. Like That could it's... be a really horrible game, but horrible is where I enjoy it. I think, mm. like you said, if they get a result there, they're, they are in control of the group and there's definitely a chance of them getting through then. I mean, the, yeah, I mean, I mean they, they play a very attacking brand of football against an uh, Italian side, like an Italian side, as we know, is very defensive-minded first. I think it just means it sets it up for a really, really interesting game when um, yeah, you've got an attacking side against a defensive side. I look forward to that one. Uh, my outside there, is probably people won't see it because they are a big name, but I'd say Holland. I think mm. they'll go. They kind of play with "we'll score one more than you" kind of attitude from when I've seen them play. Mm. And but there is, I know Van Dijk isn't going to play in the tournament, I believe. But I love Frankie De Jong. I think he's absolute top class. Um, De Ligt in there as well. Depay, when he's on it, he is on it. Um, mm. I could see him getting through that group with Austria, Macedonia, and Ukraine. And then I haven't looked at the routes where each, each team will play in the next round or whatever. I don't know if they come against France in the last 16 or something like that. Um, but if they can get a good round of 16 fixture, I could see them getting quite far. Maybe. Yeah, they're one of these interesting ones where I think there's a lot of questions uh, on the manager um, yeah. and whether he, he's good enough to lead them forward um, in a major tournament because they've had some they had some rather shocking results back in the autumn um, but then they've kind of picked themselves up in the spring um, a few weeks ago in those internationals um, so yeah they're, they're an interesting one I think like fantasy wise I'm not gambling on it, any of them yet um, but yeah they're another one of these yeah I need to watch them like Kind of like with Portugal, like just watch them. Um, although Portugal, they've got like a player that you might want in your fantasy teams. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just, I, yeah, I, I don't don't mind them as a dark horse um, for the tournament. Again, another one that's like under the radar a bit. Never mind. So just before we wrap up, then Rob, obviously um, for the listeners, I know I said this at the beginning, but Rob's doing a 
podcast before it all starts. So there's a podcast on each team and you've got somebody from that country, haven't you? Is that right, Rob? Yeah, most of them are from the country. Um, we've got a couple that are like fans of the of the country, like um, the Italy pod that's out uh, Sunday or Monday um, is a guy that's a Villa fan, but he follows the follows Serie A and he's probably more knowledgeable of uh, the Italian side than I am of the England side. So oh, cool. yeah, he was he, he was really really good. Um, but yeah, generally they're all people from those countries. Um, it's been really fun and interesting. Yeah, so listeners, if you want to get more knowledge on certain teams, like, say, Turkey, for example, make sure you go over to the Happy Hour podcast, give them a follow, and check out them podcasts. Um, what we're going to be doing is we've got... This has been recorded Tuesday. What date is it? The 1st of June. We're going to release this on Friday, a week before the tournament starts. Next week, I think, is it Tuesday, Angus, we're recording again? Yes. Something like that. It'll be out on Tuesday, Wednesday. Um, I should know who's coming on, but I forgot. <laughs> is it Chris? No, it's uh, it's Perry. Ah, your friend Perry, yeah. Perry Allen, he's going to come on and we're going to do a team reveal. Um, so I need to go away and listen to Rob's podcast so I can get a bit more knowledge because I need this Just Eat voucher. <laughs> um, yeah, we're going to do that. We're going to be doing two things throughout the tournament to make it quite fun. So the listeners voted and you've decided a team for me and Angus each. And the team that we were given, we've got to triple up on that team throughout the group stages. Um, so you very kindly voted Turkey for Angus, which is an absolute shambles. <laughs> I don't know why I put them in there. And returned the favour on me by giving me Macedonia. So Macedonia is your first podcast as well, isn't it, Rob? Yep, it was the first one in the series and I think you'll find your triple up quite easily. Yeah, so I'll be going away <laughs> listening to that, getting my triple Macedonia in. So we need to keep them in through the group stage. And then because we're having a guest on each podcast, they are going to be choosing one of our transfers for the upcoming game week. So... How can I explain this? So basically, Rob, I know we've got unlimited transfers, but you get the freedom of choosing a team for each of us and we then have to choose a player from that team to start in match day one. So if you could do the honours of giving Angus his team first. Well, because he's got Turkey as his triple up, I'll give him Hungary as his... Uh... <laughs> okay. Okay. I, I, I pretty much know, probably know what player he'd go for, but yeah, I'll go with Hungary. Who were Hungary playing first? Portugal or France? Portugal, Portugal first. Uh, Portugal first, yeah. <laughs> um, and my team? Um, let's go with Ukraine. Oh, fucking hell. Who have they got first game? <laughs> The Dutch. Uh, oh, fucking hell, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> I literally... Let's, now Shevchenko's think... the manager. I, only, I think they only know Shevchenko. There so you I'm go. To listen to that podcast. There's a, there's only, about, I think it's episode four or episode five is Ukraine. So you'll you'll know your Ukraine option. You might have... Let's put it this way. I have two Ukraine players in my squad at the moment. Oh, that's interesting. Um I'm not going to lie, I'm not happy. I've, so in my match day one squad, four of my players are from Macedonia and Ukraine. So um, I think what I'm going to have to do is get my message to set up a team and that's the one that's going to win it. So if anybody sees Leanne, number one in the world, just know it's the master here. Yeah, so um, that wraps it up then. Um, I just want to say thank you for coming on, Rob. Uh, means a lot. You've given everybody more advice than I'd give um, regarding the rules. <laughs> um, but like I said to the listeners, if you've got any questions, don't hesitate to message me or Angus or go directly to Rob. Um, I'm sure Rob will sort you out. Um, but yeah, I hope that you listen to the next episode. Like I said, don't come here if you want to try and win the game. We're just going to piss about every week, just something do till Gaffer comes back. So 
Yeah, I hope you enjoyed this first episode. Angus, thanks for joining me again. Rob, it's been a pleasure. And see you all next time. It's the Euros Fancy Podcast. The Euros Fancy Podcast. Do-do-do-do-do.